it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Finally, step-by-step premium investment guidance for beginners. Led by... Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern to decode industry jargon, silence crippling confusion, and help you overcome emotions by looking at the numbers. Your path to financial freedom starts now. All right, folks, well, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. This is episode 148. Tonight, Andrew and I are going to talk about brokerage accounts to avoid in 2020. Uh, Andrew has some stories he'd like to share with us as well as I do. And we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the brokers that we've worked with and some of that we've had some good success with as well as some that are you need to avoid. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Andrew and he's going to go ahead and start off our little diatribe here. <laughs> diatribe. <laughs> let's get it done. <laughs> so I guess let's talk about the big one first. Um, let's talk about Robinhood, one that neither of us have personal experience with. However, many, many people have. And um, I guess if you're not a part of forums where Robinhood's a popular platform, you might not be aware of the issues that have happened. So I think we should bring light to that because uh, it could have some serious implications for investors, particularly because we get so many questions about Robinhood. Like still, even though we've we've covered Robinhood in the past on the podcast, I still get questions about it all the time. It tends to be one of those brokers that attracts a lot of new investors. And so beware of what some of these brokers don't offer compared to what some of them do, because there's a big difference between a good broker and a bad broker. Um, and it could burn you at the worst time when you're not expecting it. So Dave, tell us about uh, some of the things that have been happening with Robinhood lately. Okay. Well, uh, there are three things that I am aware of as far as issues that they've had recently. And when I say recently, I'm talking about in the last two or three months. So uh, two times they have had issues where their platform has stopped no, has stopped working uh, completely, where people have not been able to trade uh, buy or sell anything on their platform for a period of time. So with all the craziness that's been going on lately with the stock market, there have been several days where people have not been able to sell any of their companies or buy any of their companies because they have lost uh, the ability to them to do anything on their platform. So that in itself is a huge problem. So let's say, just for example, you're in a company, uh, Tesla, 
and you see that the stock price is falling from $800 a share to $500 a share, and you want to get out in the worst possible way, and you can't because Robinhood has suspended the trading because they've had issues with their platform. It's actually physically not working. So that is kind of the two things that I've seen recently that have been huge problems. The other problem that I came across that I saw in the news, it wasn't a big news story, but it just kind of flashed across and I was like, oh, what was that? Uh, the news was is that they hit their ceiling for uh, trade limits. So in other words, uh, every platform has, I guess, a, a volume they're allowed to trade dollar-wise and Robinhood hit that ceiling and that suspended trading for a time with that as well. In other words, they couldn't buy or sell. Nobody could go on there and buy, sell anything during that time period. So again, extremely frustrating. And as I was telling Andrew, when we were talking about this, I would not want to work for customer service during that period. That would so not be fun. So that is the issues that I have been aware of with Robinhood besides some of the other uh, issues that they've had with their trading and platforms and just the lack of not being able to drip stocks. I don't know if they can still can't do that or not. So there's just a lot of issues with the company for sure. I, I Googled um, Robin hood problems and you know, there's all these different headlines. One of them, let's see, CNBC Robin hood app down again during another historic trading day. Uh, Washington Post says Robinhood trading app repeatedly fails during historically blah blah blah. So I, I did also hear another horror story. They they have so I guess apparently their risk management um, hasn't been doing a good job of figuring out. So so with options trading. Generally, um, it can be a little bit more involved than regular stock trading that we might think of, particularly when you start trading with margins. So if you're going to trade um, spreads, then then you have margin comes into play. And so when you have margin in the mix with trading, you can have things like a, what's called a margin call, where if your trade goes against you too much, you need to put more capital in in order to keep the trade alive. Otherwise, you get a margin call. Um, these trades get squeezed. You saw a lot of that happen during the great financial crisis in 2008, 2009. Um, not just with, you know, options, but just with anything involving margin in general. And so when you go to a brokerage to apply for options, whether it's any of the good big name brokerages or some small town brokerage firm, uh, it's their job to so they want to vet the investor who's going to be trading these options because if they're using margin, not only so if the investor doesn't come up with that capital and and during like a margin call or something like that, um, that's going to have implications for the broker who's involved as well. And so good brokerages will have these risk management teams that try to make sure that uh, traders aren't abusing their platform. They're not taking um, undue risks and things of that nature. And so there is a story about, there's actually several stories. I'll, I'll just focus on one. There was uh, some guy who figured out how to hack the Robinhood system where basically there was some feature with Robinhood Gold and um, 
it was a way where you could get margin from Robinhood. And then from there, he used it to sell cover calls. And then by selling cover calls, that raised how much the, the app thought he had in total collateral. So, you know, like uh, if I go to a bank and I say, hey, can I get a mortgage? for $200,000, they're going to want to see some collateral, right? They're going to want to see I have some assets that they can recover in case I default on the loan. So it's a similar similar kind of thing happens when you apply for margin with stocks, options, whatever you're trading. And so as a brokerage house, it's very smart and prudent to make sure that the person has a good net worth. They have liquid capital that can take care of some of these situations in case the trades don't go your way. So, you know, it doesn't need to be like a one to one thing, but, you know, maybe a two or three or five to one leverage is okay, but like a hundred to a thousand to one would not be if we're comparing the leverage you're taking on versus the capital you have. So, this person found a way on the app to take something like, I don't know if it was $500 or $2,000, whatever it was. And so he was, uh, manipulating the the margin requirements and then also selling deep in the money cover calls and that was raising uh, his like total capital uh, I put that in air quotes and then so with his new total capital he was able to go get more margin again and then sell more deep in the money cover calls again so he kept doing this over and over and over again and somewhere within the system risk management didn't identify that he was tricking them into them thinking he had more money so he could take on more leverage. He ended up being leveraged up to like a million dollars plus out of a couple thousand dollars or or a couple hundred dollars, whatever it was. And then took like a crazy bet and put it all on. uh, I think he bet against Apple or Amazon or one of those big stocks and lost tens of thousands of dollars in seconds with, with this crazy options trade. And you know, streamed it and ended up on CNBC and the news and everything. And so that's not the first time where somebody's been able to kind of hack the app and been able to basically go go around their their risk management team. And they just had a lot of problems where you start to see a separation between a business who is familiar with regulation. They they have a lot of like lawsuits and and trouble with the law and regulations and stuff like that too. We maybe should have kind of um, talked about some of those, but you know, you can research it if you want. Basically, I think there's a big difference between people with expertise in tech and people with expertise in finance and mixing those two things can, can make for really cool innovations. But at a certain point, when some aspiring entrepreneurs bite off more than they can chew, and don't understand the ramifications behind what can be possible with a lot of financial tools uh, can make for big, big messes. And that's, I think, what's contributed to a lot of the problems with this platform. Yeah, I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole if I were, if I were them. And, and, you know, everybody has free commissions now. So really, the one reason why uh, they were different, they're not different now because because we can do that anywhere yeah exactly all right so let's move on to the next one you wanted to talk about 
Okay, let's talk about Ally. I guess I should preface it with some background because if you've been a longtime listener, you'll know that Ally has been a broker I've always recommended. It's one I've used myself. And um, it was... Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money, not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is a top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Not an easy decision to kind of change uh, my recommendation and change the way I'm kind of going to be doing things in the future. But at a certain point, enough things stack up where uh, something becomes the straw that breaks the camel's back. And I think if I'm experiencing it, it's likely that other people will experience, have experienced it, are experiencing it and will experience it in the future. And I think th- it's something that I would like many people to avoid if they can, especially when there's a lot of other alternatives out there that haven't given these type of issues. So way back in the day, I recommended trade keen because they were the cheapest discount broker. They were $4.95 per trade at the time when commissions were at $6.95, $7.95, $9.95 a trade. And particularly when you, you're trying to teach investors to invest and get started and um, some people don't have much capital to work with, that 
couple dollar difference in every trade can make a huge impact on total returns. And so Trade King was a, had a huge advantage with that compared to its competition. And it also had phenomenal customer service. I had called maybe once or twice and got connected to somebody almost immediately. And um, so it was a broker I was always happy with and I didn't see any issues and things just went smoothly. Um, and then they got bought by Ally and I wouldn't say like things went completely downhill immediately, but over time I started to notice the things didn't, didn't meet that standard that I would hope a broker would. So like there are, I guess, little things I can nitpick on. The biggest one I felt like was the story you told me, Dave, about your friend or coworker. Um, so I think that that's really what kind of changes the game. Uh, for me, very recently with, with the big stock market crashes, um, their platform has been down too. And so it's been down during the first 30 minutes of trading, which is some of the most uh, obviously highest volume moments. And um, yes, I've been day trading with some fun money. So go ahead and shoot me. I know it's irresponsible, but you know, when you're um, day trading a position overnight and then you're trying to close it the next day and their platform, it's not, wasn't just one time, you know, we're talking about consistently down and then uh, I'm looking at other brokerages I have, like Fidelity, Merrill, Edge, and they have no problems with with any trades going through or anything of that sort. And as I've been on the phone with them, I noticed that you're on the you're on hold for a very very long time. And I've been I've been in the middle of doing a rollover to uh, a solo 401k. Um, out of Merrill Edge into Fidelity. And so I've had to call representatives from both of those companies. And the customer service has been great, generally. Um, the whole times have been very short. Yeah, every time I call Ally, it's at least five times longer that I'm waiting on hold. I even got an email to today, like an hour or two ago. Like they've They've been stalking us, Dave, and they know we've been talking about finally, (laughs) (laughs) finally spilling the beans about this. Um, And it's even the emails, you know, this this will sound funny for me being a guy who sends out a lot of emails, right? But, you know, at least at the bottom of every email, my emails are compliant where I say, you know what? If you don't want to hear from me anymore, that's completely fine. Just click here. You can unsubscribe. I'm, I'm compliant with all the laws and everything, right? The emails from Ally, uh, there's nothing. You can't unsubscribe. If you're a client with them, you have to receive every email that they send. And uh, during the, the corona crisis, I was getting random emails from this person I never even heard of who worked at the company trying to tell me her opinion about <laughs> the market and uh, what I should or shouldn't be doing. And it's like, okay, lady, like, who are you and why are you assaulting my inbox? And it was, it was daily for a while. Um, and you know, I never opted or agreed to be a part of any of that. So it was just, it was just very weird, left a a really bad sour taste in my mouth. And the fact that, um, the, the platform went down. Oh, I remember the the last thing that, that broke the camel's back and I'll let you tell your story because yours is way, way worse than mine. Mine is, I feel like are just little ticks. 
So, you know, obviously they advertise free, completely free zero commission uh, fees trading, right? And so I did another fun money stock play where I bought some Office Depot. And so Office Depot is one of those stocks that's um, not quite below a dollar, but it, uh, it was trading at around 188 or something. And so apparently somewhere in their in their fine print, they have uh, different rules for if these stocks are less than $5. And so I, I, I think, yeah, it's my fault. I didn't um, check when I hit submit. It's really not a big deal. It's a couple bucks, right? But just, just the, the principle of it that you're advertising no commissions and yet in certain situations you're charging a commission. And so they're saying that certain stocks, they're going to charge a commission. And for Office Depot is because it was a lower dollar amount. Um, and so I just, the fact that that wasn't transparent um, it, it just really did not make me feel like they were on my side as an investor. And compared to the experiences I've had with other brokers, it's time uh, to to recommend other brokers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's that's horrible. I agree with you. the The lack of transparency is just. It feels like they're. It feels like they're nickel and diming you. Mm-hmm. And when you're a big company like that, do you really need to do that? to people it's kind of like going to mcdonald's and they charging you for ketchup like come on what are you doing here <laughs> so i guess so my story so uh somebody that i work with uh had a car loan through ally and unbeknownst to them the car loan uh they had done the mortgage through ally but the mortgage was actually sold off to a third party. So Ally was collecting the payments and then paying the third party for the car loan. So as they came closer to the end of the car loan, they started making sure that they had the right numbers. And so they called Ally and worked through them to make sure that they knew that they had two payments left kind of thing. So when it came to the final payment, they submitted the payment. They thought everything was great. They got all the documentation and everything from the people that uh, had the car loan. So they got the lien release and everything. So they're all good on that. And then the next month, Ally took a payment out. And they had confirmed with the third party that the payment was completed, that they had paid off the car and it was done. So Ally took a payment out. They had not planned on this, which caused them to overdraw their account which also caused them to bounce their mortgage check and caused another overdraft fee. So when my coworker got on the phone with Ally, they were basically like, well, it's not our fault. It was the third party because they actually owned the loan. We didn't. We just processed the payments for them. So then they called the processor or the, the, the third party and they said, no, we have everything has been squared away. You're done. We've already given you the lien release. We don't have the money. Ally has the money. So then they had to go back and talk to another person at Ally who again tried to say, no, no, it's on that person. And then my friend got a little bit heated and kind of lost his temper and got really angry. And so then they had to get a manager on the phone and the manager tried to kind of put him off and say it was, you know, the other party's fault, blah, blah, blah. And so my friend basically said, look, you need to give me my money back right away because I have a mortgage that I have to pay. And that money is 
now being held by you and I can't pay my mortgage. And I've, I've bounced two checks, which you owe me the money for. They refused to, they gave him his money back five days later and they refused to return the overdraft charges, even though they were the bank's fault. And so they got pretty heated about the, everything. They agreed that they would not take out the money the following month that everything was done and everything was satisfied. Sure as enough, the next month came. Ally took the money out again for the car payment, caused two more overdrafts, two more checks to balance. This time the mortgage was covered, but two more overdrafts. And now my friend is what, 35, 35. So he's in into the bank for $140 in overdraft fees that Ally has taken from him and will not refund him. They had to wait five more days for the $180 to get back. He ended up, ended up having to call the better, better business bureau. He also called a lawyer to talk to them to see what he could do to get these people. I'm going to use that term nicely to stop <laughs> doing this to him because he and he ended up actually, his wife ended up actually closing her bank account and going to an, a, an open reopening a new bank account uh, just because that was what the lawyer basically told him that he had to do was. So think of all the rigmarole they had to go through because these people wouldn't take responsibility for their mistakes. They wouldn't pay him back the money and they caused them all this pain and anguish, you know, closing a bank account, opening a bank account, having to set up all those automatic payments, direct deposit, you know, mortgage payments, all the stuff that they had to redo just because these people were, basically jerks. And I listened to the last call. So I was in the office. I said, you know, if you want to call and talk to this person, I will, let's do a conference call. I'll listen in because I have experience working with a bank. I know how they should be treating you and what some of the things that they should be doing. And so when he was listening, I, I heard the tone of voice that these people were using with him and the things that they were saying to him and just the reactions that he was getting from these people. It was, it was, borderline belligerent and like he was the idiot he was the person at fault it was his fault and it clearly was not his fault and it was so frustrating and i i kept my mouth shut which was quite a challenge but uh he he was really upset and i i don't blame him so when andrew was talking to me about some of the issues that he was having with ally i told him the story and i thought this is something that we should share with people because that's just customer service it's you got to be nice to people. It's just, that's your job and you got to be nice to people and you got to bend over backwards to try to take care of them. And the only way that you can have a success in any sort of business is to treat every customer like it's your last. And if you treat them like dirt, they're going to leave. And I think that's, what's going to continue to happen. And I agree with Andrew with the trade King with working with them. It was like a dream. They answered the phone right away. They were always very cordial, polite. They got right to the point, fixed whatever it was they needed to be fixed. And it was easy breezy. Uh, calling these people now is like pulling teeth. It's, it's just, it's torture. And I, I don't get where, what they're, what they're trying to do is, is the bank struggling that badly that they need to steal $140 from my friend? I mean, it's just, it's, it doesn't. It doesn't add up. Hey you, what's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's free ebook at stockmarketpdf.com. You won't regret it. Uh, I mean, where I come from, borrowing without permission, because from what I understand from what you said, the loan was already paid for. They, they, they didn't owe any more money, and yet they still took out the monthly payment and they failed to 
remove the auto pay twice mm-hmm. and then you know gave the money back eventually but borrowing without asking for permission that's stealing in my book yeah it is me too <laughs> yeah for sure yeah it's 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 horrible so uh, it's just it the the customer service and the lack of response and their lack of respect that, that was shown it was it was shocking i just I had never seen that before and I've worked in customer service for a long time and I don't want to get into the whole, you know, I'm an old guy and I've seen a lot kind of thing, but it just was very surprising to me and it really, really turned me off. And that was a big reason why I started looking at, at Schwab as, as a possibility of somebody that I would work with instead of Ally. Yeah. Let's talk about um, some of the other alternatives, why we like them. Let me, uh, I guess be clear about what I'm doing because uh, I know I have many listeners who are subscribers to the e-leather. If you're familiar with the e-leather, I have a real money portfolio. It's a Roth IRA that tracks the stock recommendation recommendations I make for the e-leather. It's $150 a month I'm putting into this real money portfolio. So I send a recommendation out to subscribers, give them a day to to make the stock trades and then I make those trades myself in an account that I'm funding. And so I had set that up with TradeKeen um, back in 2014 when I first started the e-leather. Um, and I have had it ever since because there's no easy way to... Because I, I've been dripping this whole time. And so I have a lot of different fractional shares. So if I were to liquidate and start over, I would pretty much lose that drip, if that makes sense. Um, and so when you move accounts from one broker to the other, that's really the general process and how that goes. The stocks will need to be liquidated. Like there, You can have a special case where you have the securities transferred over, but it's just like a huge process. And it's not clear if it's something everybody can do or if you can... I don't think you can do it with every stock. It needs to be certain securities supported and it depends on the broker. Um, so in general, whenever you're doing a rollover or you're transferring money from one broker to another, one account to another account with another broker, uh, you have to sell those stocks. So for that reason, I'm kind of locked in. Um, but when it comes to all of my other accounts, significant assets and fun money account, adding more for another Roth IRA or another traditional IRA, uh, the ally savings account I had no like that's all that's all going away and and I'm not supporting this company any more than 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 I need to do at the bare minimum to keep the real money portfolio alive and you know I guess depending on where somebody is with their investing journey how much they've dripped it may or may not make sense to uh, to just sell and start over with a new broker because uh, if we're seeing these problems now uh, I think it's reasonable to think that this kind of stuff can continue. I mean, sure, they could turn it around, but why subject yourself to that when there's so many other great brokers out there? So I'll I'll jump off the soapbox now, um, talk about some good brokers I like, and Dave, I'd like to hear what you you say about Schwab. Um, So I have Fidelity. I opened the HSA with them. And what's really cool about Fidelity is... Once you've opened one account, it's super easy to open another one. Um, and so when I went to go open like a, 
uh, a Roth IRA with them. They already had all my info from the HSA, so it just pre-filled the whole application. I, I must have applied in like two minutes. It was really, really simple. You know, once I got my bank hooked up to the HSA, then it's hooked up for all my accounts, and I can see all my accounts with them. Have a solo four hundred one k with them, uh, Roth IRA, traditional IRA. So those are all all things that are great about Fidelity. Like I said, I called them on the phone. It was it was great. I've never had problems with their website going down, and uh, it's really a similar story with Merrill Edge as well. I have them. Um, it's linked up through my Bank of America accounts. You know, Bank of America bought Merrill back in the day, so that makes it really nice and easy when I log in the Bank of America through my mobile banking. I can see my. I, actually, I don't know if it's on mobile banking. It might be, but definitely when I'm on the computer, I can see my checking, my savings, my business checking, and then my Merrill Edge accounts. And um, it's just all nice in one screen there. Uh, it, it, platform's easy to use, you know. Either platform, you have to get used to it, but once you do, it's not. It's not like one's any better than than the other when it comes to to um, just doing basic buys and sells of stocks. Um, I like on Merrill Edge how you can change. A, a, there's a drop down where you can choose to drip instead of um, you know you, you can choose different stocks if if you want to drip them or not. So I don't know. I, I found both of those really good. I I kind of like the name brand, if that makes sense, um, and just the fact that I haven't had problems. I've had my Merrill Edge traditional IRA, Roth IRA. I've had that with them for years and um, have never had an issue. Tried logging in when when the markets are crazy. You know, was able to get in and everything was fine. So. I think you can't go wrong with either of those. I know you have some good things to say about Schwab too. Yeah, Schwab has been great. Uh, I have uh, had an account with them for, gosh, uh, about six to eight months now, and uh, I really, I really like it. Uh, again, it's free, like everybody else's. Uh, their platform is super easy to use. Uh, when you log into the account, it's it's nice and clean. Everything is easy to see. Uh, they have a lot of great research. It's really easy to move around on the research and, and find different topics. And they have a lot of great stats and, and things of that nature. So it's easy to use it as another tool to help you learn more about a company that you want to buy, which I like a lot. Very appealing to me. Uh, their customer service has been fantastic. Uh, I've had uh, a couple issues when I was opening the account. And they were very responsive uh, to those and were able to get me answers very, very quickly and look uh, stuff up. Uh, they also were calling me before I made any trades to see if I needed any help or any guidance, if I had any questions on the account, if I had any questions about you know how to open accounts, or I'm sorry, not open accounts, but like the buying anything, whether it was bonds, stocks, options, any of those kinds of things, they were there to help me with that, which was kind of blew me away because uh, with Trade King or Ally, I didn't have that option unless I had a certain dollar amount uh, that I wanted to throw out on, which I thought was kind of cool. And uh, I know from my experience with Wells Fargo that that was something that they didn't offer unless you had a lot of money in the account with them as well. So I thought that was kind of interesting as well. It's mobile friendly too. So the uh, the app is actually great. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff that you can do on the app and, and see it. And it's really easy to use. 
And uh, I just, again, I like the functionality of it. And it's, it's also cool too, because you can, uh, you can link it to a bank account as well. So you can have a bank account, savings account, and then all the stuff. And it's all accessible right there in front of you at your fingertips. So you can see, you know, what your portfolios are doing at any given time, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, big thumbs up for me. <laughs> I, I I think there's a lot of good brokers out there. We've singled out a, a couple that we know um, have had some bad reputations. The last thing I'll say about this is, regardless of which broker you're going to choose, at the very, very least, make sure it has SIPC protection. No brokerage account is going to have FDIC, which is the type of protection you'll you'll hear about with a checking account. Uh, but what they do have is SIPC, and so it's it's similar but different. But essentially, you know, the risk um, with any brokerage is that the broker could go bankrupt, and so when the broker goes bankrupt, the stocks you hold could also go away too, and and you wouldn't have any recourse on getting that money back. And so, you know, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was. Uh, a factor in Bank of America buying Merrill in the first place was to save a lot of those accounts. Yes. Okay. That's exactly right. So I don't know. I don't know when SIPC was um, established or anything like that. But basically, you know, having that is, I think, a bare minimum. And it's just, you know, you just never know what could happen in, in a crisis. There's no guarantee with with anything with the stock market investing your bank account there there's just no guarantees with anything um ever you know there's a lot of protections that are in place to to help us feel like like we have complete protection you don't always um but at the bare minimum if if you're dealing with a reputable broker they're going to have SIPC protection and that in theory should keep you protected if your broker goes bankrupt um to a point yeah, that's that's a that's a great that's a great thing to know about. I, I I admit I was not familiar with that, so I'm glad you shared that with us. Yeah, well, most brokers haven't, but you know there could be Joe Schblo uh, brokerage account over in the Cayman Islands dot com, and um, you know just be careful and make sure if if you're going with one of those. All right, folks. Well, that is going to wrap up our discussion for this evening. I hope you enjoyed our conversation about brokerages to avoid and a couple that you might want to take a look at. Uh, in all seriousness, do your due diligence before you put your money in with any sort of bank or brokerage account. Make sure that they're doing the things that you need them to do, regardless of whether Andrew and I recommended them or not. You need to do your due diligence. So without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and sign us off. You guys go out there and invest with a margin of safety, emphasis on the safety. Have a great week. Be safe out there. And we'll talk to you all next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com.